Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, this is a, an, a, a topic that's going to be talked about for quite some time now, and today is April the 20th, 2021. This is a day where everything that we've watched over the past 12 plus months have, has kind of come to uh, an end, so to speak, here today, and I'm talking about the trial of Derek Chauvin, and this is the Minneapolis police officer that that stood on the neck of or actually didn't stand he he put his knee on the neck of George Floyd and George Floyd passed away now we know that from this instance that there were riots that sparked across starting in Minneapolis and then spread out all across America that we've seen riots we've seen buildings burned we've seen looting we've seen all kinds of things from this very thing that happened over a year ago. And today we see that the verdict is in. The verdict came in in only 10 and a half hours of deliberation for the jury. Now, this 10 and a half hours, normally everybody was saying that once the jury goes that quick, that it's usually not good for the defense. And of course, it wasn't good for the defense today. Uh, this Derek Chauvin was charged with three counts. I think there was second-degree murder in there. There was manslaughter, negligence, all kinds of things that he was found guilty of. Now, my question and the topic of this episode is simply this, is really the Christian's response to that, but also we have seen what I would say is a shift in our culture, a big shift, a big shift in society. And and I'm, I'm going to say some things on this podcast. Let me just say this first, that the things I say on this podcast, you may or may not agree with me, but I'm just going to say the things that I'm thinking, say the things that are on my mind, and I'm going to blame wokeness on it. There is no way that you can look around in your context today and not find somebody that's woke. And sadly, the church is starting to become woke. And what that means is they're looking at these Marxist ideas of how we should live in this culture. Basically, there are oppressors and oppressed. So if you are uh, if you say things like, well, I'm not a racist and I, I don't believe that the, there is systemic racism, I don't believe that um, it's a big is an issue, I'm not a white supremacist, you basically, under the heading of wokeness, have said you are now a white supremacist, a racist, and you are part of the problem and you must be eliminated. So we're, we're getting into this culture, this, this area of our nation to where if you don't agree with somebody's ideology, then you are considered the enemy. Now, why am I saying all this on this episode? I wonder, now I'm not saying, I am not saying that, that Derek Chauvin should have been innocent. I'm not saying that he should have gotten a lesser charge. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I agree with the verdict at all. I'm saying this today. I wonder if the nation hasn't let wokeness cause us to not even be able to have fair trials. 
in America. Now, many people would say justice has been served today, but I wonder, has it really been served? When we see elected officials in the streets basically saying that if he is not found guilty, we need to stay confrontational in the streets. We need to get louder. We need to be more confrontational. We need to confront one another. Basically, in my opinion, inciting violence, inciting riots, inciting all of these things. So we have Maxine Waters that can say these things and basically put the whole world on high alert. Listen, I get these uh, media alerts, these uh, threat alerts or whatever you call them. It's a lot of times if there's weather coming across, like bad weather, it'll alert, alert and say, hey, there's bad weather predicted for this day or whatever. So I was getting these media alerts coming across my email basically saying that the verdict is in and cities all across the country are preparing for backlash. They're preparing for violence in after this whole verdict came out. So it makes me think, obviously, had he been found on a lesser charge or been guilty of only one of the three, there would have been riots and more looting and burning of buildings and trashing of cars and lives lost because many people would have felt like justice was not served. So let's think about this. We're think, we're talking about on a national scale here where National Guard was called in. 3,000 National Guardsmen called in to help with the police there in Minneapolis today as a result of the verdict being delivered. They were bracing for violence. Many people there that, that gathered to hear the verdict in front of the courthouse, they gathered and they were saying on newscast that if if he's only found guilty of one or two, and if he's not found guilty of all of them, then we are going to be loud. We're going to be trouble. Essentially, what they were saying is we're going to burn this place down. So when you think about this, you think about the people that had to get on that platform and be a witness. You think about the doctors that have to be up there. We're living in a culture now that is such a cancel culture type place that you have to think twice about your livelihood, your job, and if you can even keep your life after something like this. Think about this. They did not show any of the jury on TV, but somebody is going to find out who those jury members would have been had they not given him a guilty charge on all three accounts. Somebody would have found out, and their lives would have been in danger. So here we have uh, a city in Minnesota, and cities all across the country that are bracing for impact as a result of this verdict being delivered today, and... You've got governing officials inciting riots, in my opinion, inciting violence. And, and you, you again, we can agree to disagree on these things. You may think that what she said was okay, but I think she was on the streets telling them if, that if it didn't happen the way they needed it to happen, that uh, they would be more confrontational. So there has to be some sort of balance here, right? So you, you take all of this into account. You've got all of these issues going on in the back. You've got wokeness, social justice warrior. You've got Black Lives Matter. You've got Antifa. You've got all of these groups and all of these things that are happening in the back. And then you've got to think about your livelihood as a, as a, as a witness, as a doctor that comes on the platform and witnesses. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that the doctors were wrong and the, and the witnesses were wrong that came on the platform, but I'm thinking we have to think through what their mindset would have been. 
Because we live in this world now to where you can say the wrong thing and your livelihood be destroyed simply because you didn't do what somebody else wanted you to do. Therefore, you become a problem and you have to be eliminated from society. You should have no voice anymore in society. That is the world we're living in now. So again, the question was, in light of all of this, did Derek Chauvin receive a fair trial. Now, this is something that's going to be debated. This is something that's going to go back and forth. I know this. This is going to be talked about. It's going to be uh, barked up one tree and, and down the other. There's going to be a lot of commentary on this subject. But what I want to do is I know that we are going to find ourselves in Facebook debates. We're going to find ourselves in YouTube battles. We're going to find ourselves in podcast battles. We're going to find ourselves in uh, maybe battles with our friends over what we think happened and what did not happen. Now, I personally think, and I will tell you what I think, uh, I think that a lot of people let the pressure of our world get to them, and with a quick verdict, it came out, I think that he may have been... um, not given the fairest of trials, given the circumstances. Now, am I right in that? I don't know. Am I wrong? Don't know. Could be. Your opinion is your opinion. But here's the deal. You see, I have just laid out something to you that some of you may disagree with. Some of you may disagree with my thinking, my logic, my, uh, my reasoning behind me not believing that he received a fair trial. And some of you may agree. But here's the thing that we should do as Christians. We should make sure that we listen to one another because I think listening is important and we should be able to sharpen one another through these conversations that we have. And ultimately, these conversations should not stay on a worldly level. Now, these conversations have to be gospel conversations and saturated with the Word of God. Now, here's where the problem is going to be. There are many people within Christianity that have prescribed to this woke theology that they are giving in and they are giving in to this wokeness that says there are oppressors and the oppressed and if you are not on board with the agenda then you are an oppressor therefore you must be eliminated and again there's more people that have gone very much in in depth over wokeness and woke theology and social justice movement Vody Balkum for one uh, has a new book out that I've heard great things about. I can't wait to get that. It's called Fault Lines. You might want to get that and read it. You might want to Google some of his stuff, Tom Askell's stuff from Founders Ministry, and, and just see all of this woke theology and this critical race theory and intersectionality that, that is invading not only the churches, but the Southern Baptist Convention. So we have this worldly ideology invading the church now. So it's going to be a little difficult for some to have a conversation about social justice because as a true believer, we want to give God glory in all things, and we also want to have an opinion on different things. But let me just be clear with everybody here today. Your opinion should be saturated in the Word of God. Now, I don't mean to take um, a passage out of the book of Amos and fit it and shape it to conform to your narrative. And I don't want to take a passage out of the Bible and fit it and shape it and conform it to my narrative either. What we must do as believers, as Christians, we we must sit down with one another when we disagree 
And we must go through the Word of God together. What does the Word of God say? I do know this, that the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So we could find ourselves easily in a great big debate, or we could find ourselves in just this nasty, uh, nasty conversation and uh, confrontation over what we think about fair trial and due process and uh, whether or not this was uh, the right call to make or the wrong call to make. We can talk about those things, but as believers, they must be centered in the Word, must be grounded in the Word of God. Now, you may be in conversation with people that don't know Christ at all about this, and I would just plead with you, Colossians teaches us that we should set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are of this world. So focus on godly things. It is so easy to get caught up in this worldly ideology that is critical race, that is intersectionality, that is wokeness, social justice. But we must fix our eyes on Christ because there is an unbelieving world that is watching every move we make and listening to everything that we say. So we, as believers, must be very careful how we engage the culture. I have brothers that that are on the opposite side of me when it comes to social justice, that they haven't really given into the wokeness theology and the, the liberal theology that sort of goes along with that, but they are on the outside lines and they're flirting with it, but we still have godly conversations. There's pastors that I know that are kind of a lot closer to the wokeness theology than I'd want them to be, but we still fellowship and we can still have good gospel conversations because we know that what we are talking about ultimately is Christ. We ultimately talk about the gospel. We ultimately talk about the word. We can have some disagreements within that, but we have to bring it back from a conviction of the word of God. Now, again, I said that we can't take uh, cherry-pick scriptures to fit our narrative. We have to take God's Word for what it says, and we have to talk about and teach and proclaim what it says. We have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. This is nothing new. We, we know this. We've talked about this on this podcast multiple times, that Scripture interprets Scripture, not our thoughts and emotions that get into the, the culture and, and the new thing that's going on in the world. So, we must be very, very careful that we don't give in and uh, act like total lost people and get into very tough debates and arguments and things because they're worthless. They're useless. What people need more now than ever is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some would say, well, that's not the answer to, to injustices. And I, I would push back and say, well, what is? Because I do believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to sin, uh, sin is going to be present until Jesus comes back, so we're always going to have some sort of injustice that we deal with. There's always going to be some form of sinfulness, some form of injustice, some trial that is fair and some trial that is not fair. Regardless of where we stand on today's trial, the thing is we are always going to have conflict because we still live in a fallen world. Now, just because we are Christians, just because we are saved, does not exempt us from sin. So that means that even the, the holiest person you know is not exempt from sin, and neither are you. So we must be careful to guard our hearts and guard our speech, because we can very quickly 
get into conversations that are going to lead people away from Christ instead of to Him. We always want our conversations, whether we are in a debate or whether we're in a confrontation, whether we're in some sort of trial, we want our conversations to point people back to Jesus, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to what He has done for them on the cross. And if they repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, He will save them. So, We have to let our conversations be gospel-centered, but we're always going to have conflict. We're always going to have injustices. This is nothing new. Now, yes, our landscape in the past as America and even as the world is has got some black eyes. We've got some stains in our past, but those stains haven't produced what we are today. We've, we've taken a lot from our past, and we've learned a lot, and we have to instead of keeping on oppressing ourselves, so to speak, and keeping ourselves locked away in the past and what happened in the past, we always need to learn from that. We always need to be getting better at what we learned. We need to get better and not do what we've done before. And a big piece of that is the Word of God. We have to be in the Word. If we're not in the Word, we're just going to act like worldly people, and we're going to have worldly conversations, we're going to live in such a way that doesn't honor Christ. So no matter what kind of conversations you have, whether it's about George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, if it's about uh, police officers, if it's about police brutality, if it's it's about social justice, if it's about wokeness, critical race, the Southern Baptist Convention, your church, my church, your pastor, or me as a pastor, whatever your conversation is about should always be be gospel-centered if you are a believer. Now, if you're talking to an unbeliever, there is no telling what they're going to believe. So it is important to have that that conversation gospel-centered because they are dead in their sins and trespasses. They're not going to believe things like the gospel is the only answer, the gospel is the cure to sin and death, to this rioting and looting. They're not going to believe these things because their hearts are darkened. They are still dead in their sins and trespasses, which is why... Even more than ever, they need the gospel of Jesus Christ so they can hear the gospel, and we pray that God would open their hearts and they would repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Now, if we're arguing with them, our our point of view, if we're arguing with them what we think is right, what we think is wrong, and we're not including the gospel, then we are just talking heads, and we're going to say gospel is enough, but we're not going to put in the effort to make sure the gospel is our conversation. So I want you to be very careful that we're sharpening one another in our conversations about everything that's happened moving forward. We are giving God glory in our conversations. We're exalting Christ in our conversations. We're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and proclaiming that in our conversations. Because listen, at the end of the day, the gospel is really the only thing that matters. Is we must know who Jesus is and what he did for us. And we must know what we've done, how we've responded. Have we truly repented of our sins and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? That is the biggest question that needs to be answered at the end of every day. doesn't matter whether we think we're wrong or right in our thinking, whether Derek Chauvin had a fair trial or not. Either way it goes, in God's providence, the man was found guilty on three accounts, and he will serve time in prison. And that is all the providence of God. Everything that happens in this world is a providence of God. Even the riots, as crazy it is, as weird as it is, but God has sovereignly 
decreed and allowed the evil to take place. He hasn't decreed. He's decreed all things. He's allowed the evil to take place because, listen, everything that comes through God, uh, everything that comes from Satan has to go through God, has to give, has to have permission. Look at Job. Uh, Job even uh, was a good man. He was a servant of God. And God himself said, have you considered my servant Job? So sometimes these trials and these testings and these sufferings and these things that we deal with in this world are to produce in us a steadfastness, a faithfulness um, to encourage us to rejoice in the midst of all these things. So everything that's happened, even the riots, has all been allowed by God. It's all in his providence that these things have shaped out the way they have, even today in the verdict that was given um, everything is under the sovereign hand of God. So we must trust in that. That's why there's no sense in getting argumentative about it. That's why there's no sense in ending up in a foolish debate. We should not end up losing our cool over this. We should just trust the providence of God, even if he would have not been found guilty at all. If this man would have been let go today and walking free in Minneapolis, if he just walked out of the courtroom, that would have been under the sovereign hand of God as well. That would have been in his providence, used for his glory, and somehow for the believer's good, just like what we heard today. So all things are under the sovereign hand of God. So we must make sure that we do our part in giving him glory, exalting Christ, and building up one another in our conversations about things that are happening in the world. And we have to really be careful. If you are... I feel, I feel like I'm fixing to sound like one of those infomercials. If you or someone you loved is trapped in woke theology, it, one of those things, right? But if you know somebody, it may be a, a pastor, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, if they have crossed over into that liberal woke theology, if they've given in to this critical race and intersectionality and all of these things, and I don't know, these are these are tough talking points right now. But if you know somebody that's flirting with that or they're all in that, be praying for them. Talk to them as best you can about what the answer is, and it's not social justice. I believe the answer is the gospel. There's so many ways we can go and talk about that. I mean, I know just saying the gospel is the answer, but we have to put flesh on the gospel as the answer, and we have to actually open our mouth and proclaim the gospel to people. So be praying for your friends and family that may be caught up in that. Uh, I believe that's going to be... Um, I believe it's a godless ideology, and I believe that it's only going to hurt in the end. Um, so it, it's okay, though, to care about people, to love people, and want to see better from humanity. But we have to keep all of those things in check from a biblical perspective. So uh, I would just encourage you, if you know anybody in that situation, if you know anybody that's flirting with that, just have good gospel conversations with them. Just have good, honest conversations with them. Study up on what wokeness is. Um, the goal really wasn't to go in depth of uh, what wokeness theology is and, uh, and what social justice is. As a matter of fact, if you would like to uh, just hear a lot about that, um, Grace Bible Church in uh, Conway, just put on a—Conway, Arkansas, just put on a, uh, a conference— they had Owen Strayan, uh, Tom Buck, Conrad, um, some other guy. Tom Askell was there. Uh, but it was about social justice and what it is, 
how we should combat it, I would encourage you look up Credo Conference. Credo Conference on Facebook. I'll uh, I'll put a link in the show notes here uh, for you to go check those sessions out. They were great, great sessions that help us understand what this wokeness is in infiltrating the church. So. The, in closing, all I want to say is, and I know th- these are just kind of late night thoughts on the day of uh, this verdict coming out, so really hadn't planned on even doing an episode, but I just wanted to get out ahead of this thing because normally I'm three weeks late to the party, but uh, I just want to encourage you, have good gospel conversations, keep your cool, don't let something like this destroy your testimony or destroy friendships or destroy relationships, teach from the Word of God, proclaim from the Word of God, Teach truth, proclaim truth, and let God work in hearts of the others because the chances of you changing people's minds are very slim. All you must do is present the word in its entirety and in truth, and God will change people's hearts regardless. So if you start getting into a a heated debate or a discussion, just end it. It's okay to walk away. You don't have to be right. You don't have to get the last word in. I'm still trying to learn that myself as a, a husband. But, um, <laughs> and many of you are too, I'm sure. Uh, but just walk away. It's okay to walk away so you don't lose your cool and, and, and hurt your testimony, hurt your witness. So please do over the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Be charitable, but be ferocious with the Word of God. You can be ferocious with the Word, but also be tender in your interactions. And sometimes we have to have a strong rebuke, and that's okay as well. So, I encourage you, gospel conversations, give God glory in all things, exalt Christ, build one another up, preach the gospel, and love others. And if you know somebody that is caught up in wokeness theology, pray for them, pray hard for them, and have good, honest conversations with them about what they're getting into. And again, you can go Credo Conference, check that out. Again, I will put some links to Vody Balkum in uh, the description as well that you can check out Critical Race and all those things. And uh, also from Tom Askell, there'll be some resources there that you can click and watch as well. But I would love to know your thoughts. What do you think about this fair trial? Do you think it was a fair trial? Do you think it they were kind of strong-armed into the guilty verdicts? Um, do you believe that God is still in control of all things and it's in his providence that the three verdicts came out as they did today? Do you believe that the riots were in God's providence and under his mighty hand? I'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments, um, respectfully, of course. So please just drop me a comment. And, and, and I don't normally say this, but if you would like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, uh, that would be awesome. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, it's just... Another way to get content out there, I guess. But uh, I'd love to hear your comments, love to hear your thoughts uh, about everything that's happening and taking place. We must be a people of prayer right now. We must trust God, and we must be ready. We must be ready to preach and proclaim the Word of God to this dark world because it's just getting seemingly darker and darker, but the gospel is going out and it's going forth, and it's brighter than any darkness could ever be. So continue to preach the gospel. Get in the Word. Study the Word. Let the Word get in you. And until next time, thank you for listening, and God bless.